so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello, this is the Marseille View. Hope you're all well. My name's Stefan and I'm your host tonight for tonight's show. Uh, we have a usual format tonight, so we've got two games we'll be covering. We're starting off with last week's 3-2 victory over Lorient, and then the main feature tonight is our post-match coverage of Friday night's fixture, which is a 3-1 win at Reims. So, two wins in the trot for Marseille, and joining me to chat about these games is Ben. How are you, Ben? Good. Um, very happy as a Marseille fan. <laughs> Can't wait to do to debrief the games. Absolutely, it's been a while, isn't it, since we won two games in a row? I think we've done this podcast with just wins to and talk about. Six goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And scored six goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and good, some nice football as well. So yeah, seems very rare these days. Um, we've also got Thomas who returns after a few weeks out. How's life treating you, Thomas? Uh, thanks, Steph. Uh, very good, actually. I'm also very excited. We actually scored nine goals in three games, uh, so it, it's it's even <laughs> even better. Although uh, two two wins and one draw, but still, I'm also quite happy. Okay, well, nice to have you back. Um, so we'll talk about those two games, and obviously at the end, as we always do, we'll try and squeeze in some new stories, um, depending on how much time we've got. Um, there's always stuff going on around this club, so it's always plenty to talk about. So. Looking at the first game we said we cover, so that was um, last Wednesday, was it Saturday um, that we played Lorient? And so we were at home, came away with a 3 2 win. It was a bit of a up and down game at times, but yeah, so I, I wanted to kind of just get maybe we'll not spend so much time on this game, but just um, firstly, just get your kind of overall summaries of the performance. Well, I think I think what's what is recurring in both games is we start so badly. Um, it just takes ages for us to seem to get going in, in in whatever this system is. And more notably in the Lorient game, there was a, a, a I think with um, with the the lineup that Sampaoli chose, Tovan wasn't playing next to Lirola on the right side, and so we had to accommodate with Cuisant starting. Um, he was playing on the other side, and it just it just was not working at all. There was just no output offensively. We can see the cheap goal where we get caught out trying to play the offside trap. Sakai doesn't read the run. Terence Murphy, brilliant finish. Mondada um, also a bit slow up his line. But, you know, kudos to Sampoli. Half-time, corrects the problem, puts Tovan back on the correct side, uh, lo and behold, within the first 10 minutes, Lirola gets forward a few times and we score two goals and take the lead and then go on to win the game. We have a fortunate last-minute winner, but we, we still did enough in the second half, I think, to win the game. 
Okay, uh, Thomas, what about you? Have you got any thoughts to add on that on uh, last week's game against Lorient? Yeah, I think that the the one thing that uh, is actually most most obvious for me is that actually we, our form is very uneven, and you, you could see that in both games that there's there are times like 10, 15 minutes that we are playing very well, uh, so 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 that was. Uh, very much visible in this uh, game versus Lorient, where in, in which the first 15 minutes of second half were were, were actually great, and uh, we could put the game to bed if if Payet would score. He he, he had like a one percent uh, chance uh, in the in the second half. Mm. I think that we were a better team, but still, uh, I, I think uh, it it was quite lucky, actually, that we won. And we owe it to the brilliance of uh, Lirola, who is turning out to be like one of our best players in one of our best transfers in uh, recent time, I would say. Uh, my main takeaways were... Actually, Terry Moffi is an exceptional player. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a fan of him since, I guess, November, when I, I actually I wrote on our group chat that he uh, reminds me of Didier Drogba. And since then, he's getting only better and better. And um, I would love him to play in the Marseille shell, but I don't think it will be happening. Uh, and on the other hand, I think uh, Cousins is still shit. Like, he, he scored two goals and, like, kudos for him. But, <laughs> but I think... Like it was just like uh, he, he can score actually, uh, and he his his aim at the goal is quite good. But still, when it comes to build up play, he's he's still not very good, and I I won't miss him for sure. So, so that's 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 my my thoughts about uh, the Lorient game. Yeah, I, I have to say I do agree with everything you just said there. Um, I don't have much to add to be honest. Um, I guess I mean you've kind of already given us take a, some takeaways from that. I don't know if Ben, if you've got any takeaways that you would want to um, no, share with exactly us. Exactly the same ones. Uh, I just 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 like to lay into Cuisant a bit more. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 we we have that with Enrique, but with Enrique, Luis Enrique, you can see that. He's got talent, and he will adapt, and and you can tell that he's some, you know, he's someone who takes a professional football career, you know, seriously for a for a youngster, and he's listening to the coach, and he's improving, and and you'd expect him to improve, go from strength to strength if he keeps working hard, and eventually start more games between now and the season, but also put in really good performances. Cuisance, he had two minutes of brilliance coming on as a sub, two cameo appearances, two goals. Great, um, but as, as Thomas said, you can just tell that he will never fit in this Sampaoli system in, in, in the build-up and direct link-up play that Sampaoli wants with quick transmissions between the attack and defence. Um, so, yeah, get rid and let's sign someone who can play in the system. Yeah, I'm kind of two minds about that because... You know, he was supposed to be a big prospect, and, and you know, I was the first to criticise him. Well, not the first, but I was criticising him right from the start, wasn't I? I think right from his opening game, when everyone was raving about him, I was saying I was kind of not convinced um, about him. But I do, you know, I, I still acknowledge that he was supposed to be a, a you know, a big talent, and um, maybe he will come good. You know, that's the worry, isn't it? You go somewhere else and he'll do well, as a lot of people seem to do with us. Um, but I think the thing that worries me more about that, about just discarding him at the end of the season, is that we've got, you know, Encham, who's probably not going to stay either because his impact's been even, um, I would just say, 
weaker, more insignificant, I suppose, than Cuisance. Um, so then that's, that's two midfielders you're going to have to replace. Um, and I'm, I mean, you could already argue that we're already three, in fact, with Kawi, who's going to be leaving as well, isn't it? So you could already argue that we're already um, a player down anyway from the number of departures we had at, uh, in the January transfer window. So we, we saw Stru and then Sanson leave. We only saw one guy come in. So yeah, I'm just about mindful that I don't want to see a complete whole squad overhaul and have a different midfield come out next season, especially with the fact that Kamara's future is looking very uncertain as well, so that worries me. I'd like to see some continuity. Yeah, I guess you've got to trust that is the one that, that is the one move, though, that I would trust the judgment, because if Sampoli's, you know, he's had six months with him, or four months, he will, he knows already if it's yes or no. And that's one of them. You've just got to trust the coach. You know, if if, if we keep winning and, and the team's working well, and yes, we will need to fill some gaps on you know in the squad and hopefully improve the squad at that position. But you know, I would I won't be I won't be angry if if Sampoli says no. I'm making judgment call. I've seen him in action long enough. I don't I don't think he's going to adapt to the way we're going to, we want to play. Um, you know, again, I think you mentioned it a few few pods ago, Steph. I think it, it is. Seeing the way we're playing and seeing how it, how his current team is playing, um, the same style, it is a bit of a shame that we we don't have Maxime Lopez coming back because I think he would have fit very well in this sort of tactic where we are playing attacking and possession football a lot more than we were with AVP. That's a real shame. Yeah, exactly. Um, absolutely, because then if he'd come back, it maybe it wouldn't have mattered so much about those two guys leaving in the middle. Yeah, but also, also, I, I think you have to say that it's not like Kuzans uh, is a member of our squad. He's just loaned, and so we, we would have to pay for him. If he, if he would be here, I would like I wouldn't be so. So, uh, for example, it, it would be okay if he would, he would stay. But the the case is that we we would actually have to pay money for him. So that's that's a big no for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously that is a an important factor in this. Um, okay, so just to um, go back to the. The the subjects were kind of um, digressing a little bit, but in terms of takeaways, I think I'll just give my thoughts. Um, nothing, how do you say, um, enlightening that I'm going to mention, but just to say that Dimitri Payet, um, we saw some <laughs> some positive things from him, notably a spectacular goal. <laughs> Absolutely um, loved that goal. I've watched it so many times. I was just watching it repeat, you know, in like someone's Twitter clip. Um, absolutely beautiful. And Lirola, as you guys have said, he was absolutely fantastic. You know, he's like... <sighs> I mean, we've been making jokes, haven't we? Like, in the WhatsApp group, we've been saying, calling him Danny Alves and stuff. But, like, he is, like... <laughs> the way he's playing for us, it's almost like he's, like, our playmaker. He's just... In, he's, like, involved in everything, isn't he? Like, all our attacks, and... It's just pretty cool to see... Yeah, he's on fire. Uh, yeah, your right wing back being your main man of the team. Um, I would say he's the main man, you know? I'd say, like, I think that's... Maybe some people might think that's a bit um, stretching it too far, but I would say he is probably the the most important sort of player in terms of the the attacking play. Um, he he's, he seems to be involved in everything. He's the guy that's making things happen. I'd say I'd say yeah. He's I mean Payet is is slowly taking you know finding form and well it's not slowly he's he's found form in the last three or four games now. His stats show that even in play on on 
Friday, I thought it was a lot better, but we'll, we'll get into that in, in a sec. But I think Lirola is, is the most in form of those attacking players in terms of he's on fire and also he's he's the one who who isn't putting a single foot wrong at the minute where, you know, Milik and, and Sylvain still seem to be, you know, making some mistakes and giving possession away. Everything Lirola touches turns to gold at the minute. So long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so... I think we'll probably just park the discussion about this game um, and move on to the next one. Just because, I mean, we're seeing a lot of things that are the same, for, you know, for the next match anyway, isn't it? So there's a lot of similarities between the two games and we're seeing the kind of progression as well from some of the players, as we've just mentioned. Um, so on Friday night, we were away to Hans and... Um, as you pointed out, quite a similar start to the game. We start slow, we go a goal down, we take quite a long time to come into the match. And, um, I, you know, from my view, actually, in this game, we were pretty crap until we went the goal down. So it was only really the, the last five minutes of the first half we started playing some nice attacking football. And it's like, <clears throat> and it's been like this, and again, in the Lorient game and previous games before, like we're, we're kind of. We're very flat for large periods of the game, and then it's like suddenly we just get this like shot of adrenaline, and we start playing quite attractive, high tempo um, attacking football. That is obviously a joy to watch because we've not seen that for so long. But it's, it clearly does um, put our opponents into disarray. We we seem to be able to pick them apart in these little short bursts. But we don't quite maintain it for the whole ninety minutes, any or anything anywhere near like that. Um, but um, but yeah, so we saw that again um, on Friday night, where we it was we really won the game over certain periods of you know little five ten minute periods in either half. Um, wouldn't you say is that would that be a a fair analysis of of the match, or do you see it differently, guys? Definitely, I think that one. For example, one of one of the um, the heroes of this game, I think, was for me, uh, Volt Fires, the like the Rams defender. I think he, when he fouled actually Payet, uh, for for which he should have been sent off. Actually, uh, I think he just activated Payet God mode. He he Payet was so so angry about that that he he started playing very very well for, since then. And I think that since this uh, this. Um, this moment we, we we just turned up the tempo and even though we we conceded the goal after that, but still we were like attacking and 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 it paid off actually. So I think that Fires is one of hit the, the heroes for me because he he just made Payet angry. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about. Um, well, I don't know if it's just me, but every time I do see a player with that um, sideshow Bob hairdo, it does feel always seem like they're trying to do an impression of David Luiz on the pitch, doesn't it? Like he just looks so like um, like so clumsy and like a disaster waiting to happen. That guy, Walt 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 Fice, was his name. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, agree. Um, I mean, I think I was one in, in the WhatsApp group when when he. You know, when he went in on Payet, I'm I'm still not convinced it's a straight red, but you can't deny that if that was Alvaro Gonzalez, he'd, he'd have he'd have seen red. Um, but again, it just seems that there's a bit of follow through, but it's because he's carried by you know his sort of momentum. But anyway, he got his red card in the end. Um, yeah, look, we 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 played great. Um, I think back to your point about Lirola, the playmaker. 
you know, he gets the assist for the equaliser, bombing down the wing. Um, and then he turns playmaker where he, he runs into the inside from right back or right wing back. And he picks out Payette on the right in a sort of, you know, sort of a, a sort of a pass that you'd expect Payette to make for him. And it was the opposite. And, he, you know, he gets, he gets an assist and then, a, you know, sort of half assist really, doesn't he? Because he sets up the second goal by having the balls and confidence to run inside, carry the ball. He gets past one player and then he picks out the pinpoint pass. And we go 2-1 up before half time. And suddenly you've gone from feeling really depressed at the, you know, the, the absolute dross you've seen for the first 40 minutes. To, to thinking, shit, you know what, we're 2-1 up and we've turned on the star when it matters. And, um, and now we just need to, you know, hope we don't concede as we usually do in the first five minutes, of the first 15 minutes of the second half. And we didn't. Um, and I think, when was the last time we were able to, to sit back and, and, you know, enjoy the fact that we were going to get the three points with, with 20 minutes left to go? Um, because Fayez got sent off and we were 3-1 up because Payet had scored the second by then. And, and when was the last time we had a, a win where we were comfortable, you know? Where we were like, yeah, you know, we've done the job. The opponent's down to 10 men. We've just got to keep it tight at the back and, and try and push for a fourth if we can. But it, it's, it's just not happened for ages. I can't remember the last time that happened. Yeah, and I did wonder whether it was down to our progression you know, under Sam Pauli, or if it was down to the opposition, you know, like, because we've seen and we talked about in the last podcast, didn't we, a lot about how the defence were constantly getting caught out with um, with long balls and just leaving too much space, so when they were getting countered, they were just not, you know, they were, um, with obviously, we got a lot of pacey attackers, and we were just, yeah, just not, that, that system was kind of clearly shown leaving us with some weaknesses and even against Lorient we saw that again with more with the two Morphy goals but I don't know I wondered whether it was just the fact that the opposition just didn't really take advantage of us um, in this game after we equalised or if um, the, you know we've seen some changes in the personnel as well at the back if that was a factor I'm not sure um, but but yeah I mean it's uh, okay. yeah sorry yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I think that the, the defense is actually one of well, one of the brightest spots of this game. I think uh, sure, like Rams were playing for nothing. Actually, they're sitting in mid table with no horizons and going up or down. But still, uh, like each of our three central defenders impressed me uh, in, in in this game. Actually, I, I, I read a stat today that uh, we actually committed two fouls during the whole game. And it's 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 like the least fouls committed since uh, fifteen, uh, like since uh, for for fifteen last seasons. So actually, it's quite quite, quite an amazing uh, amazing stat. Uh, I think that uh, like each each of our central defenders was playing like for example, Perrin was was playing with his heart, and I actually admire him. He 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 isn't like a great player, but surely he has a like a. a his card for him is, is very big, and and he actually 
like Reims created one actually only one clear cut chance I think in the second uh, second half when Bull Idea had hit the post and and this chance he, he was like uh, Perrin actually interfered him and he um, that, that's why he hadn't scored so I, I'm actually quite impressed by the by, by our defense I don't think it's only the the like the fault of Reims in capability of scoring. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, a couple of other things to to ask about before we move on. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've talked about Pi in the last game. I, do, I don't know um, if it's worth going into him a bit more detail in this match. I just, because for me personally, I just, I felt like his performance um, was just that one step up from the last game. Like, we're just seeing him kind of, get back into his groove you know he just had a bit more of a swagger about him there's moments where you can you know i think there was one where in the first half where he sort of um sort of trying to dribble through from the sort of left side of the pitch through the uh, the 18 yard box and he gets tangled in between the players and you can tell he's not quite as sharp as he once was um his feet aren't as quick but certainly like you know, throughout the game, we see him become more decisive and, um, yeah, just more more influential and more confident. Um, it's, do, do you feel like he's um, getting back to his old level or, or, or somewhere near it yet? Well, you know, conveniently on Thursday, one of the, the one of the focus pages in the keep was about the fact he's lost seven or eight kilograms since Pauli arrived. Um, and, and, you know, you can read into this positively saying, oh, good, you know, he's, he's putting the work in, but you can also read into it and go, why the fuck were you so unmotivated for the be- at the beginning of the season and so overweight to begin with? That's, you know, th- it's great that you're back on form, but I'm still very pissed off at you for taking the piss for so long for the rest of the season. But anyway, yes, he's better. He looks fitter. Um, I think he's, he's, I think he's, he's easing into the, the role tactically as well because you know he's been condemned to the left wing for for the last few years, isn't he? In reality, and now he's been asked to play in that number ten role or second striker role, and he's, I think he's finding his groove again in that position where that's where he's played the best, you know, the best years of his career really for us and West Ham. Um, I think also, and I've, I've mentioned this before. I think we've all we've all discussed this before. You know, I hate to see Kamara injured. I hate to see him go off. But Rongier had had a hell of an impact because Payet was was playing a lot further forward than he was than he than he has been the last few weeks with with um, Kamara and Gay together in the midfield. And I think those two together in the midfield are great in a game where you're not going to dominate possession. You've got to counter attack and break up play because they do get balls back. But going forward, they leave you with a bit of a handicap. And, and Rongier, I've, I've always, you know, I was so excited to see him in, in this setup because I think he's he's a perfect player to, to link up play and be that second playmaker in, in you know, deep lying in midfield. And he freed up a lot of space for Payet and took and, and he was just pressing so high that Payet could just wait for him to get the ball back and then then you know turn turn and face forward straight away. So. I think with you know to the Payet point that you're trying to make, Steph. Yes, it's two things. Yes, he's fitter and he's he's finding his you know, his positioning and, and awareness in in his in his central role that he's he's having to adapt to again after taking on the wing. But also, I think that Rongier is going to have a big impact on on him continuing this form, 
if Rongier now starts, you know, starts games regularly and is, is, is in the midfield, because he just frees him up so much of the workload and covers so much ground that means that Payet can focus on what he does best, which is distributing. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, he's not just passing, though, isn't it? He's scoring goals, so he's kind of, he's he's doing both. Um, and that's obviously, <laughs> obviously very important, isn't it? But it's just, it's confidence as well, isn't it? But yeah, he's decisive at the end of the day. Is, that was that was what I was saying. But sorry, Thomas, you go. Yeah, well, I think that one one thing that stands out for for, for me is from this Sampoli system is actually mobility. I think we are very very mobile comparing to our uh, previous uh, tactics, and and uh, I think that he he just has more space. Like he, he due to our wing backs going very very uh, high up the pitch, I think he he finds himself in in more space, and that's why he. He actually uh, is playing uh, like it contributes to his good form. I'm also very, uh, very glad, but I'm also like under no illusion that it will last for a long time. <laughs> we, we we know Payet for like uh, he's a he's a great player, one of the best technical players in the world. But his mentality, I think, is 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 just uh, like he he's unable to maintain a, a a very very good form for a long time. So I I'm actually quite cautious, and I don't think it will it will like it may last since uh, for the last of, for the end uh, till the end end of the season. But I'm not hoping for for him to play as well in the next season. I'm afraid. Just moving on from Pai, um, I also I wanted to just say a couple of words about Tovan because. I think it's fair to say that Tovan's got a bit of flack recently um, and he's probably um, been seen as a player who's not, maybe in, in contrast to, to Payet, is not necessarily thriving um, under the, this new system or, or, or at all recently. But I don't know, I kind of started like, watching the games. Um, I was watching the game again today, um, the highlights and... I just kind of, and the Lorient highlights, just kind of feel like that might, I'm not sure that's entirely true, that that sort of narrative that I'm seeing a lot, that he's he's not really um, blossoming under that system. I kind of feel like he's actually playing quite well, but he's just playing a more withdrawn role. He's playing more like a team player, you know, he's... He's a bit deeper. He's 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 picking out passes. I know he like he caused the goal yesterday, didn't he? With like a really poor pass, wasn't it? Um, if I remember correctly, but um, he sort of passed it sort of sideways back, and it was intercepted, and we lost the goal in the counter. But I don't know. I just feel like maybe we've just seen a different a different type of game from him. A little bit like maybe if you remember the Tovan that we had before he left when he was. Um, Playing under Bielsa, he wasn't the one that was uh, every you know every possible time chance he gets the ball running down the wing and going to shoot and score like like he has been doing for the last few years. He wasn't he wasn't playing like that. So maybe we're just seeing a different type of game from him. Is that fair, or would you guys disagree with me? Am I being too positive about him? I I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's been getting flagged because. As you've said, and rightly so, what we're what we're used to, and what many fans are used to, is the, the you know the goal scoring and, and assist machine Tovan that he has been when he was on form for us the last few years, um, barring last year when he was out all year, etc. But 
yeah, I think it's people are judging him because that's the expectation that they have of what he's going to bring to the team and, and the role he's going to play. And even this season, he's played it at pods where he's, you know, he's he's been the, the main source of danger for, for some games in the first half of the season where he's taken players on and created the chance or scored the goals. So, he, he, Steph, you've identified it. It's because he's being asked to play this sort of bastard, you know, ingrate role where you're never going to get much credit because you're doing the dirty work and you're, you're enabling Payet to shine. But that means that you're going to shine less, but you're still going to, you know, you're still important because the one, the one thing you have to applaud for Tavon is that regardless of the right-back he's played with during his time with us, whether it's Sakai or Sach, um and now Lirola, he's always managed to make them better. He, he's always sort of managed to, you know, to make them a, 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 a make the attacking down the right wing for whoever the fullback is quite easy. And he's always managed to, to build good relationships, technical relationships with whoever he's played with on that wing. And this is exactly what he's doing with Lirola, where... You know what Lirola is doing is what you would expect Tovan to do, but you will Lirola is having you know he's on fire and he's having much better output than Tovan was before he changed roles. But because he's 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 sort of drawing players towards him in, in the heart of play, he's freeing up all of that space for for Lirola to, to just run rampant down that wing, and it's very important that role he's been asked to play for the, for the balance of the team. Um, and sadly, it's it's reflected badly on him. And yes, you, you know, you can't deny it. I mean, Lorient, that pass, he just completely mishit the pass. And we, we concede from that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those. You, you know, he's been asked to play this role. He's leaving at the end of the season more than more than likely. Um, so, let's just... I think he'll stay. Cut him some slack. I don't think And remember leave. that he's been a very yeah, good servant. I think he's in a contract. You think, yeah, I think it's likely, it's more and more likely, more time goes by, but uh, it would seem that he's, you know, probably in San Paolo's head, he's thinking until he's, until he's, until he's extended his contract, if he's going to do it, well, I don't need to put him in the shop window, so let's use him in a position where he's useful to the team. Maybe that's it, who knows. I, I think it's it's quite funny that actually that you actually mentioned uh, like that you asked this question, Steph, because it's it's the exact question that I had uh, written down here for the notes from 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 this episode. What do you think about the new Tovin? I think that he uh, I also like him uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think that he has an ability to to quite quickly get the ball out of our own half with a with a quick dribble and then just uh, you know just just put the ball like he has a positive mindset i guess he 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 can put the this balls uh, forward actually uh although he, he I, i think he both he's both in cause of this goals against Lorient and also uh on friday he actually lost his man uh, uh when uh, when Rams scored from from the corner uh, so i i would also i also think he will stay but I, f- I think actually it's a quite a win-win situation because if he'll leave, I won't miss him very much, uh, I guess. But still, uh, I, I, I like him and I think um, he, he could have a quite nice future in next season. But I, I, it's not like I'm going to cry, uh, like cry if he if he leaves. Well, one, I've got one more question before we move on to the the tops and flops, and it's about the goal that was disallowed. The the Milik goal was it? Do you think it was offside or not? 
You can just quickly answer. Um, well, so you see the angles, which is the angles we get from from the side, you know, the horizontal angle, and and from there you're sort of thinking, yeah, yeah, he's you know he's a foot offside. And then when you see the angle from above, so from above the pitch, I that's when I went, mm, you know, it's a lot tighter than it looks, and you know, fortunately it didn't have an impact on the game. It would have been nice to get that goal for for the. Um, for, for the uh, you know for the goal average and the goal difference between now and the end of the season because we're quite close to loss I think on that level but uh, you know it's enough reasonable doubt for it to I, be given. I, yeah I think it was offside like even if it's one centimeter I am actually quite uh, quite a believer in VAR and 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 I, I don't think it's uh, ruined the game even if it's one centimeter I think it's offside but I think that the, the also that interesting thing to talk about is is uh, is uh, the time in which Milik actually scores I'm, I'm not, I don't know if you've seen the the, the, the actual uh, minutes he scored uh, at 35, uh, 45 plus 3, 44, 45 plus 1, 43, 45 plus 2, and 38. That's his six goals. That, like uh, seven minutes before halftime, all, all of his six goals are scored then. So that's quite bizarre for me. Mm, that's interesting. I know that um, we've, similar to that, but we, we scored a lot of goals at the end of the games as well under Sampali. I think he was, before the game, they were saying something like 4 out of 12 were scored. In the last few minutes, and I think I saw some Pauli being asked that question in the in the press conference all day, and then he was talking about how it was um, it wasn't good for his health or something. But um, the I don't know. It's just maybe it's to do with the way we play. I think um, those little bursts they seem to come at the end of either half. Um, okay, it's a good sign of character actually in the team, isn't it, that we can score goals. Uh, towards the end of the game, particularly when we're chasing points. Um, okay, I want to move on anyway from that, but I would just say that, like for me, it was yeah, maybe he's offside. But I mean, like I don't really see what the point of the offside rule is if you're like offside by a toenail. Like why it matters? Do you know what I mean? The whole point of the offside rule is to stop people poaching, and if you're fractionally offside like that, I just don't really see what the point of the rule is. It seems stupid to me. Um, I mean, you wouldn't play like that, would you? Having a kick about with your mates. In the park, it's just—it's just stupid. Um, okay, but it defeats, it defeats the point of why they all. But I'm saying it. But yeah, okay, but I know it's complicated, but it's, it 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 doesn't serve the, for the reason that the offside rule was brought in. So that's what I mean. It's just it's it, it's not really disrupting the play, is it? Really, it's not like he. It's not like he's like been. Um, I don't know what to say. What's the expression? It's not like he's been stood mile offside and just stepped back. Yeah, like, I mean, what, it's what not I like it's bad say, sportsmanship, basically, is it? It's we don't like... compliment this very often, do we? The, the French refereeing, but when you say when you see the you know the VAR replay and stuff, you know it's, it's a very straight line. It's all you know, it's all kosher. You can't you can't deny it. If there's you know if there's a fraction of offside, then it's going to be given. I much prefer that to the ones we see in the Premier League, where there's some fucking awful scribbly line across the screen. It looks like it's been hand drawn. It's not even straight half the time. Um, so yeah, you know, at least I think at least it's consistent. And look, it is. It was disallowed. It was disallowed. And you know, fortunately, if that would have been the match winner, then we, I think we'd all be fuming, going, "Yeah, fuck's sake." We've been hard done by, but the fact is, we fortunately, we were comfortably in front by then. Um, okay, so 
I've kind of want to um, sort of scoot on because I'm just looking at time. Um, so yeah, I want to quickly just to get ask you the tops and flops. So if you could just name one top and one flop for the the hands game, and I'll maybe I'll go first actually for a change. Um, so I'll say my top is pick between Pai and Lirola. I think I'm going to go with Payet just because we named the pod after him, didn't we? So, um, Renaissance man. So, yeah, I'll go with him. Just he's scoring goals and getting assists. He's yeah, he's um, he's bossing again, isn't he? I mean, maybe that's a bit generous, but um, like I think every time when Pai plays, plays starts playing well, we all get a bit overexcited, you know. Um, just because it's the way he does play, you know, the way when he is playing well, the way he does it is like the the swagger that he's got, the the style. So um, yeah, we always get a bit carried away, don't we? Is that kind of player that you? think he's better than he is when he's playing good just because he's such a joy to watch when he's playing good but yeah so he was my top and I would say my flop is going to be oh, that's a hard one we're pretty good in that game so it's kind of hard to pick one out I think I'm going to pick maybe oh, I don't know maybe see Kamara just because he went off and he didn't really like I don't know, we, we sort of focus more on the benefit from Rongier coming on, but I don't know yeah, it seems a bit harsh uh, anyone else want to chip in? Yeah, I think that when it comes to top, I think that Payet was clearly literally the, the best player on the pitch, but I would, I think it, it I would like to, to, to give this or let's say to, to Rongier, because he's he's one of my favorite players in in this team, and actually I'm very happy because he's uh, he, he he it was it was his first uh, like first first game under Sampoli and it, it, after a long injury, and I think he 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 just played very very well with a kind of a passion, and he was he was aggressive uh, aggressive and determined. So I enjoyed uh, watching him, and I hope that he. He can he can be as good as we all hoped that he, he will be when he when he came to Barcelona from Nantes because I think he has a he, he has potential to be a very good player. Uh, as for flop, I'm actually quite comfortable to say Kamara. He's one of he, I guess he's my favorite player in uh, uh, now, and I'm I'm qu- quite sure that he was he was exceptionally poor. Uh, he actually gave away two or three balls, and he, he he played like not himself. He couldn't keep the ball for 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 a long time. So I'm actually quite confident in picking out Kamara. Probably a result of him talking about leaving in the press conference before the game. Maybe not a good, not such a good idea. That was my, my thought exactly. That his head was was somewhere else. Uh... I have to agree with with Tomas. Actually, I think I think I was going to say exactly the same thing. And Rongier, I've mentioned before, but Rongier, um, you know, fact is, yes, the team was asleep and woke up after we conceded. But Rongier came on and we completely changed. And even in the second half, we just looked like a different team. The intent and the pressing was more organised, and, and he made himself stand out. He got the assist for the third goal as well. So for me, yeah, top. You know, glad to have him back. Was very excited to see him in the system, and and hopefully he confirms that he is he is going to be a key player in this system for us. Um, and then, yeah, flop Camara. 
I would have gone Nagatomo just to just to continue the, the bullying, but <laughs> um, yeah, Camara just he wasn't great before he went off, and because Rongier coming on changed it, then the man going off must be the one that has the, the negative impact. So agree with Tomash. Okay, and finally for your takeaway from the game, we'll go with you, Thomas. Um, what was your takeaway from this match? I, well, I, I think that, that Ben actually summed it up very nicely before. I think that this was the first game since a long time that actually I was quite um, quite uh, calm. And, and this confidence in this team was actually quite astounding. That, that, that's, that, that's the one thing that I, I will take away from this game, that we actually... We have a plan, and we have a like we know how do we want to pl- we, we want to play, and we are quite confident uh, in that. So that's it for me. Okay, uh, Ben. Sorry, we was struggling to press the unmute button. Then <laughs> um, that that was my analysis. But my takeaway is that going into the game, I think I said to to the guys in the WhatsApp group, like, I'd, I'd actually looked at the results. Like Reims were unbeaten in nine games. And they don't concede many goals, and they've been scraping one ones and one nils, and you know they've been doing well. And I, I was thinking, shit, if there's one game that we're, we're going to struggle away in, in the remaining fixtures, that's probably going to be the main one because of the form they've been in. And you know, respect. Not many teams have won away to us this year, let alone played them off the park and scored three goals against them. So my my takeaways. Fair play to Sampoli. He did his homework, and and when 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 we we fixed our problems and woke up and started playing, we hit them exactly in their weak spots, and we we capitalised. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of a marquee win in the sense that you know we 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 played ourselves into a difficult position by being shit for forty minutes. But when when we had to turn it on, we 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 did it with style. Yeah, and. And just to add to that, I think our last away win was in November. So that's that also like made this challenge even more difficult. So even more like heads off. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, so you guys like, I don't know why you always get all these little facts and stats and stuff. It's, uh, it's very good. Um, but yeah, so my, my takeaway would be, um, as I was saying earlier on, I think it's just that Clearly, like we are able to play at a very high level for short periods only, so there's uh, there's a lot of work to to be done. I think in terms of maybe it's stamina or momentum, I don't know, but in, in ensuring that that kind of level of performance and that sort of tempo um, we're able to play at for you know the majority of a game or for much larger periods of a game, because if we can do that, then it should really be able to take us to a whole other level, shouldn't it? We should be able to really, like, destroy some teams. I mean, obviously it leaves us vulnerable as well, playing at that sort of tempo but and, and so high up the pitch. But, yeah, I think it's just that um, we're really, like, um, condensing that kind of um, playing into very short periods and that's something to work on. So, yeah. But that will come with time. It's a new coach and a new system, I think. So yeah, that's mine. Um, so there was a couple of new stories. I don't know if we can quickly cover one or two of them. Um, or the obvious one is that whatever what everyone's been talking about, isn't it, since the last week or so, is the European Super League, and obviously Marseille were named amongst the twelve clubs um, who were joining the European Super League. But I guess. Um, 
everyone's got an opinion on it, and um, we we have actually the club have actually well the owner McCourt has um, voiced his opinion on on the project, so he was quite critical. He released the club released a statement from McCourt, and it was quite critical of um, of the clubs that had joined the competition and the fact that it was um, you know that the fan you know this is kind of usual sort of trite sort of empty sort of statements and cliches we're hearing right now about how the the fans are the blood of the clubs and blah 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 and, and so on and how they would you know they wouldn't have made such a choice um i don't think many people really like believe the words of the owner though do they i think um we're probably all unanimous yeah and thinking that if marcy had been offered it we would have joined it I'm not saying that the fans would have wanted that but the the but i think we all think that the the owners would have um jumped at the opportunity wouldn't you say i think i think it's difficult i think it's one of those where you know clearly he didn't thankfully in a way he didn't say anything until it was all done and dusted um, and he didn't didn't drop himself in it either way. Um, I, you could imagine. I'd like to think there was a scenario maybe where, you know, thankfully Longoria is in is in in you know the boss's seat now. But I I can imagine a scenario where imagine we get invited to it. McCord's on the phone to Pablo going, "Fuck me, mate. Yes, we need the cash. Yes, let's 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 follow. You know, I've chatted to the other American guys, the Glazers." FSG at Liverpool, Cronky uh, at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, you know, I can get a seat at the table with the big boys. Let's go for it, mate. You know, NFL, NFL of Europe, blah, blah, blah. And then you can also imagine Pablo going, uh, you know, Frank, you know, I'm going to level with you here. That I had to do, I had to crawl on all fours to get the fans back on side. Um, you know, and understanding football and, and understanding this club and, and what I now know. It will not go down well at all. Don't fucking do it. We'll end up fucking all the all the good work we've done in the last few weeks to get the fans back on side. Yeah, you know, you can imagine that that probably would have been a discussion if it was the case. Um, but fortunately, you know, it died a death for now. Um, I don't think it's the last we'll hear of it, but it seems to have died a death. It was rid- ridiculous the way it happened. And yeah, I, I I think McCourt, if he had been invited, he would have creamed his pants going, oh, many, oh, you know, the American owners of the ever big clubs see me as one of theirs, blah, blah, blah. I think Pablo would have talked him down, but who knows, maybe we, we would have joined it and been part of the of the gang. Of the gang. Get yeah, def- game. <laughs> definitely, but I, I agree with you 100%, uh, except I think I, I I don't believe that actually we, we were like in any moment considered to be a part of the Super League. I think after a season in which we we actually had uh, like we broke the uh, record for most consecutive losses in the Champions League. I think it 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 I I I, I don't think that we were actually considered to be a part of that. Well, we were named. Our name was definitely our name was definitely mentioned in the, about this in the past, but I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to believe on if it's based on form, but but yeah. Um, anyway, like, um, as I said, like if we were in it, we would have just we would have got battered every single game. Anyway, wouldn't we? We're, we're, we're not well, near, the, near the level, but it, was, it would just be embarrassing. Um, exactly that. I think that there were a few. I've seen a few Marseille fans going. You know, fuck. You know, UEFA have factors in the past. 
um, you know, folk league, oh, let's take the money, let's go to the Super League, blah, 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 we'll have extra cash. And, but, but, you know, two things. Yes, you get extra cash from whatever dodgy deal they've agreed with JP Morgan, whatever, to finance it. But you still have less cash to begin with than all the other boys in it. And, and we'd, we, as you said, Steph, we'd have ended up being the fucking whipping boys of Europe. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to pay an extra subscription, imagine, to watch Marseille lose, not the, the, you know, the 10 group games that were planned between each team and all of that. What, what would be the point? It just, it just destroyed the fan base. Okay, well, um, I think there's not very much more to say on that. Um, okay, so there's what else is going on? I forgot a minute or two. This uh, oh, it's just came out today, hasn't it? That there's a press conference um, that's going to be held by Longoria on Wednesday. It's kind of unusual, I suppose, to hold a press conference like this without, um, and, you know, without, well, when we don't really know the full reason why it is without a game, for example, um, pre-game press conference. Some speculation um, going around on Twitter um, that it's um, going to be a Q&A session, I, I believe I read, where you know, and he'll give some information about like players and contracts and stuff like that and, and plans for the season ahead. don't know if anyone... Any anyone's got any thoughts on this? Um, if they're expecting any surprises, um, obviously there's some people will probably claim that it's to announce the sale of the club, <laughs> but I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I like to imagine, pretend, imagine like, but the meltdown. for people who are um, who who don't who don't know me, people listening, I I do, I do like to pretend and play off the uh, offline um, that I'm like. <laughs> Like uh, I'm a strong advocate for all this, but I, I don't actually believe any of it's happening. <laughs> well, the, the the wackiest rumor that's flying around is that well, apparently it's to talk a bit about. So apparently Longoria has been um, approached for lots of interviews and stuff, and I think one of the I think Kenneth Pruston actually announced it already before the game on Friday that it was that it was likely he'd hold the press conference, give a general update, and respond to questions around the Super League and stuff because he's been approached a lot this week to, to give his opinion uh, by French press. So I think that's one of the reasons just kill, you know, kill all the birds with one stone and give, give, give a global answer to everybody. Um, the wackiest rumour is that we're going to, you know, sort of show the new jerseys for next year and that there's going to be a, a Saudi sponsor on it. <laughs> now, we'll see if that's true or not, but it would be nice if they, if they were going to show the jerseys for next year in any case. Because um, I think we're all curious to see if, if the rumours are true that we are having a tribute to 92 um, jersey with stripes on, 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 on the arms. You know, that'd be really cool. So we'll see. We'll see on Wednesday, won't we? Or yeah. maybe, maybe it will be, because it's, it's scheduled on the, on the stadium, right? Maybe it will be a death match between Longoria and all the French coaches, like uh, Comboire and Genesio, on the other hand, they will just fight with their bare hands. So right, so they've been this. I if I get this right, I didn't fully follow this, but um, there's been some criticisms of them from like some of the old guard in French football. Yeah, like I think Camboari, oh, I don't know how you say his name. Sorry, said that he didn't, he'd never heard of him or something. And then it was it. I think it was in response to Longoria was critical of French managers, wasn't it? He said something about French managers. Um, there was a reason why they weren't playing abroad. Why why you weren't seeing them a lot abroad was because they weren't winning trophies. Is that right? I I, I vaguely remember seeing something no, like this. No, exactly. No, 
No? No, 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 no. So what he, what he said was, in France, it's the League of Talents, and, and many players shine abroad because it, he sort of did it as a half compliment, a half criticism, saying the good thing is all of the young players are, are coached to a very good general level of ability, and they're all really good at many things, not just one skill. And that's a credit to the system. But on the flip side, that's why French coaches don't export themselves at number one jobs very often, is because they're too general in their management and there's no particular style. So there's no, there's no French way of playing football for the national team or the clubs. Like there is in Spain for a while, there was, you know, the Guardiola, Tiki Taka, Barcelona. In, in Italy, they had the Catanaccio for ages which Harry Gosaki put in, and in England, they still see the British as kick and rush, <laughs> despite the fact they've had loads of foreign coaches. So that's what he said. Obviously, the whole mafia of the Comboiré and Antonetti and Duprat and all those fucking Muppets that, that are shit managers are stealing a living all came out in, in, in revolt, saying, who the fuck do you think he is? Blah, 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 fuck him. Dominic as well was like, oh, Fuck off back to Spain, you know, you can't say that. We've won World Cups and stuff. So they all they all chose to interpret what they wanted to see and they all rebelled, you know, protecting their their own little microcosm of shit reputation, whatever. It's a classic, classic case scenario. So that's what happened. Okay. Um I mean to be honest, I I, I think he's kinda wrong to say that there's not a, a style because I do think there is Sadly, a, a, a style that That's you see right, throughout French football, <laughs> yeah, which has been the case for decades, I think, which is very negative, actually, cautious, um, sometimes a bit, you know, ta- and it's not quite catenatural because um, it's not done as well as that. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's, there's always there's always been um, I'd say like Ligue always been a bit negative, actually, in my view. Um, it's not a league where you've you often get a lot of goals. Well, um, well, not not in the past. I don't think. Um, I don't. That's just my p- p- opinion. But I, yeah, I, I would say it's maybe a little bit more defensive and tactical than it needs to be. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. But um, okay, so the silence tells me you don't. But anyway, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about um, tonight. Um, any anyone get any final thoughts? Okay, the the last point to mention is the. Yeah, the last tiny point to mention is on um, on Friday as well, it was announced that Longoria has found his man in terms of the new chief scout, which is Jean-Louis David, who uh, has been a scout in France and was a senior scout at Man United for the last few seasons. And he's now going to lead the new the, the scouting department with David Trio, who he worked with at United, and um, a couple of other Spanish dudes that Longoria bought when he came last summer. So... It seems that we're building the foundations of a respectable professional football club by having competent people in competent positions. You said that and three, hopefully, four or five years ago, I'm sure, when Zubi and all that brought in all the new guys said the well, same no, thing. Zubi, look, he came from Barcelona, he was a name. It's, it's not the same as... Uh, you know, it's not the same as having coaches. Uh, sorry, a team of people that you you think we have we have several people that are competent and that are respected in their field. With Zubi, you just had Zubi. Uh, you had the name, and we all we all you know we all realised quickly that he was asleep on the job, and also that Rudy Garcia was the one who was yeah, dictating. Yeah, but we we did we brought in new people and all these kind of rules. But well, I'll wait and see. Yeah, for me, that's all I'll say. Yeah. 
I'll wait and see. Um, Thomas, I think you were going to say something. Sorry, uh, I thought I heard you before. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to do a, like a, a, a very quick dead corner and give a shout out to Yuto Nagatomo, who became a father for the third time. So congratulations to him and all the best. Right. Well, that seems like a good note to end the show on, doesn't it? Something nice and positive. So yeah, congratulations to Nagatomo, and um, yeah, thanks for everyone for taking part, um, and thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to rate and review, and subscribe to us on our podcast or whatever um, platform you're following us. But thank you and good night. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye bye.